You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. How many of us need wisdom? Wisdom from above. How do we get the wisdom from above? It comes by way of the fear of the Lord. Fearing God. We say it this way, oh, he's a God-fearing man. Oh, well, if he's a God-fearing man, God-fearing woman, they must be a wise man and a wise woman because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The decisions and challenges each of us face on a daily basis can easily be overwhelming. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. As David's heart maintained a healthy reverence and fear of the Lord, it overflowed with wisdom. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will teach you that your choices and actions show that you care about God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 35 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 18, if the world hates you, (laughs) you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I have chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. That's interesting in and of itself. You know why they hate you? Because you bring them face to face with their sinful condition in the face of a righteous and holy God. That's why. That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 23, he who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But, verse 25, this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Wear it as a badge of honor. I think about what James very bluntly by the Spirit writes. If you're friends with the world and the world loves you and the world is best friends with you, (laughs) watch out. Because to be friends with the world is to be at enmity with God. In other words, and he even has the audacity, if I can say it that way, to call them spiritual adulterers. That's pretty strong. You you want to be friends with the world? That's spiritual adultery. If you're a friend with the world, you're not a friend of God. If you're a friend of God, you're not going to be a friend of the world. You can't have it both ways. You're going against the world. You can't be friends with the world. Yeah, but I'm, I'm in the world. That's right. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. Quit acting like the world. This uh, brings up, uh, I, I didn't want to go there, but... Okay, just just one, I'll feel a lot better after I say it. 
<laughs> so just indulge me. But this is, uh, I hate to say it this way because it sounds, um, it, may not, it may not come off right, but just bear with me. It's a pet peeve. I'll call it a pet peeve. But a pet peeve of mine is when the church tries to be like the world in order to win the world. Listen, when I came to Christ, I wanted nothing to do with the world. I was trying to come out of the world and come into Christ and Christ into me. What, what, here's, the, here's the question I always ask and I have yet to get a good answer. There is no good answer because there's no right answer. But here's the question. Um, if you're going to try to win the world by being like the world, how do you think you're going to win the world if you're just like the world? What's the point? Why would the world want to come into the church if you're just like the world that they're coming out of? If, if you're trying to win the world by being like the world, why are you? Why do you think you're going to? I'm not saying it right, am I? This is why I use notes. But I mean, why in the world would they want to come into the church if it's just like the world that they're coming out of? There, that was better. I better leave it at that and quit while I'm ahead. Psalm 36. This is to the chief musician. It's a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. Verse one: An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes when he finds out his iniquity and when he hates. The words, verse 3, of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. Verse 5, your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Does that sound like a praise and worship song we sing? That's because it's a praise and worship song that we sing. Verse 6, your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord. You preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. It reminds me of when Jesus meets this woman at the well, and knows that she's been married like five times, and even the guy that she's with, she's uh, living with, it's not her husband. It's kind of humorous because the text, uh, the account in the text is, she says to Jesus, she says, I perceive that you are a prophet. You think? How else would he know that? So here's this woman of ill repute. Oh, can't believe he's even talking to her. Not only is he talking to her, he's offering her water that if she will drink from, she will never thirst again. I love how Pastor Chuck used to say it. He said, you can take and over every ambition you have in your life, everything that you're driven and motivated by and for, you can put over it that saying, you will thirst again. There's only one place that you can go only one water 
that you and I can drink from that we will never thirst again. And it's the water that Jesus has to offer. And David is capturing the essence of that when he talks about this drink from the river of your pleasures and you're abundantly satisfied with the fullness. Verse 9, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Oh, verse 10, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me and let not the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the workers of iniquity have fallen. They have been cast down and are not able to rise. So, Psalm 36, a, a short, shorter psalm, but it's an interesting psalm. And this for a number of reasons, chief of which is that David hits the proverbial nail on the head. And by that I mean the reason for the transgression of the wicked is the total and complete absence of the fear of God before the eyes of man. That's the why behind the what, if I can say it like that. This is why the wicked are wicked. This is why the evil do evil. They don't fear God. There's no fear of God in the hearts of man. No fear of God in the eyes of man. What is the fear of God? What is the fear of God? What does it mean to fear God? Well, one need look no further than to the Proverbs. The Proverbs are replete with passage after passage that don't only tell us what the fear of God is, but what the fear of God will produce. Let me just read a few very quickly. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's what the fear of the Lord is. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 27 through 29. This is a very interesting lot of the wicked who don't fear God. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. And here's why. Because... They hated knowledge and did not choose, it's a choice, did not choose the fear of the Lord, which we just read is the beginning of knowledge. That's where it starts, by fearing God. It's this reverence for a holy God. It's this healthy fear of a holy God. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How many of us need wisdom? Wisdom from above. How do we get the wisdom from above? It comes by way of the fear of the Lord. Fearing God. We say it this way, oh, he's a God-fearing man. Oh, well, if he's a God-fearing man, God-fearing woman, they must be a wise man and a wise woman because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Proverbs 10, 27. I only have 49 more of these, so just, no, just a few more. Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Now this, please don't understand this as, oh my goodness, you're going to live this long life to be this aged man. No, think of it as a, a prolonged and blessed and abundant life. That's the, what the fear of the Lord produces. A long and fulfilling life. But, notice this, the years of the wicked will be shortened, cut off. Proverbs 14, verses 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, like we just read in the psalm. To turn one away from the snares of death. Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. That's the way it is. (laughs) It is what it is. It's been said that knowledge is information, but wisdom is application. Let me say that again. Uh, you, You can have very smart people that are very foolish. They have a lot of knowledge, but interesting, knowledge puffs up. Just because you have knowledge or you know does not mean you are wise. You can be a very knowledgeable fool. Knowledge puffs up. But the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And notice in this proverb, and this is the wisdom. I love the proverb. By the way, when we're done with the book of Psalms, The next book is the book of Proverbs. So notice the the wisdom in this proverb is this connecting of wisdom and humility. And by the way, in the Proverbs, we see that with humility comes wisdom. And conversely, with pride comes folly. You always know that foolishness was preceded with pride. And conversely, you can always know that wisdom was preceded by humility. Again, that's just the way it is. It is what it is. Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord, there is that connection again, are riches and honor and life. And then Proverbs 31, verse 30, lastly. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is passing. This is specific to the women. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Again, this is another topic for another time. But you know, a woman that fears the Lord can be the most beautiful woman in the world. And I'm not talking about the outward beauty. I'm talking about the inward beauty. A woman who fears the Lord can be the most beautiful woman in the world. All right, Psalm 37. I want to preface this psalm uh, again, as I mentioned. It's one of my all-time favorite psalms. Um, God has used it over the years in a very personal way. Uh, Actually, when I was in ministry in the first church that I had planted on the mainland, And God had given me this psalm during a very difficult time and struggle that I was going through in the ministry. And um, 
It's one of those psalms that you, you know, it's a gnosko psalm. Gnosko is the Greek word for experiential knowledge in the New Testament. Uh, the original language of the New Testament. It's one of those things where you don't just know it, but you've, you've experienced, you've lived it. You know what I mean by that? In other words, <laughs> you own it. Uh, you, you've experienced it firsthand. And it is a magnificent psalm. I, I hope, again, by way of a preface, that, uh, and I didn't want to rush through it, and so we'll get right to it, but I, I hope, I've been praying uh, all week, all day, uh, for God to just enable me by the Holy Spirit to teach this in a way that uh, gives it the justice it deserves, because it is a marvelous and magnificent psalm. It's a psalm of David. Verse 1, do not fret because of evildoers. I want to draw your attention to this word fret. We're going to read it a couple more times in the psalm before we go any further. It doesn't just mean to worry or fear. It can also carry with it the idea of to fume, to get all worked up and heated up and angry. So that kind of fills in a couple of the blanks and gives you uh, some more texture, I guess uh, you might say, in understanding the psalm. So in other words, don't get all worked up. Don't, don't fume. Don't get angry because of evildoers. Nor, and this is interesting, be envious of the workers of iniquity. It's almost like you can, you can envy them in the sense that they, they live their lives. They're, they're, they're wicked. They're, they're evil. They, they do wicked. They do evil. And yet it seems like they prosper and get away with it. And that just jams your gears, doesn't it? And I mean, it, and it gets you all worked up. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> How can they do that? Verse 2. I'm getting worked up just talking about getting worked up. Verse 2. David's now going to turn a corner in just the second verse, and it's going to sort of set the tone and the flavor for the rest of the psalm, thankfully. He's going to explain why, why it is that we shouldn't fret or get worked up because of evildoers, nor should we ever think for a second that they're going to get away with it. Here's why. Verse 2, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good. Dwell in the land, and feed on His faithfulness. I like that wording. Uh, that, that's inspired, isn't it? That's anointed. The way that, I'm sure it reads even more beautifully in the Hebrew, but Feed on his faithfulness. Don't feed on the evil and the wickedness. Verse 4, and this is a, a verse familiar to many. And I think, uh, and I want to explain it because there's been some discussion as to what this really means. So here's the verse, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Oh, really? All I have to do is delight myself in the Lord and then get whatever my heart's desire is. Not exactly. And I'll explain, okay? Here's what happens. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, I mean, He is our first love. 
We seek first His righteousness, His kingdom. We, we are so in love with Him, so devoted to Him, so delighted in Him, that now our desires will be His desires. And they line up. And here's how I heard someone explain it one time, and it makes a lot of sense to me. So when you're that close to the Lord, that intimate with the Lord, your desire is for the Lord. And so in turn, the Lord puts His desire that is your delight on your heart. In other words, you will delight to have the desire that He gives you. Because you're delighting in Him. So why would you not also delight in the desire that He gives you and puts on your heart? He makes it a delight. That desire that He gives you, the desire of your heart, he, notice, and this is key, He shall give you the desires of your heart. He gives you the desires. He doesn't give you what you desire. No, He gives you the desire of your heart. Does that make sense? In other words, we think, okay, I'm just going to delight myself in the Lord, and then He's going to give me that Mercedes Benz. No. Because, see, in our minds thinking, come on, let's be honest, all right? We, we default to the carnal, don't we? The material. Oh, well, I desire, you know, this, I desire. No, no, no. When you delight yourself in the Lord, you will delight in the desire that He gives you in your heart. He gives you the desire. It's, it's not your desire, it's His desire that He gives you, and it becomes your delight and your desire of your heart. Verse 5. Very powerful promise, really. And we see it in the Proverbs as well. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. To commit your way to the Lord carries with it the idea, and this, this is what the Apostle Peter writes about, about cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you, right? And it's this idea of you're carrying this heavy, weighty burden, and you roll it off, oh, and you give it to Him. You cast it on Him, and He takes it from you, and you commit it to Him. You entrust it to Him, and then He will take care of it. He will bring it to pass. And, and we get even more specific in verse 6. Listen to this. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Wow. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? 
if you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 